Valentine's Day, 1929, 10.30 a.m. No one had ever seen a scene of criminal carnage like that. Seven men are mowed down where they stand in a Chicago garage. Some of them cut almost in half with Thompson submachine guns. Uh, there's blood everywhere. This is when they said they turned murder into massacre. It was probably the single most uh, shocking and dramatic event of that period. It's unbelievable. It's, you know, it's really, it never happened anymore after that. That was the last time, and first and the last time it happened. It was the greatest gangster mass murder in history. This bloody scene stunned the nation with its brutality. The greed and carnage unleashed by organized crime was unprecedented. Welcome to Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, Springhill, Josh, and the Luma Mommy herself, Miss April. And on today's super lovey-dovey Valentine's Day special... We cover the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. here and it's clear we're in the shoop kitchen studio your host with the most rad dead 2019 here representing with the skeptic the mom and the beard getting down on some saint valentine's day massacre action now you say to yourself well ryan what is it about this season three it seems like you're covering just about all these different things. Cause this isn't really a conspiracy. I mean, we know what happened, but yeah, we're diving into the mob a bit. We're diving in to some true crime craziness, some twenties era Midwest Chicago boy action. We'll eat her. Chicago, Chicago. Try her deep dish. Oh, and I have. Delicious with with Sir Lawrence himself as well. Mm-hmm. But 
before we get into all the segments you know and love, we like to take a moment to pull the Thunderbird to the side of the road. Maybe more of a model. Well, 1920s. Maybe a bit of a Model T action, but I'm going to ask you guys a question because it's the first time we've covered something like this. (laughs) How scared are you of the mob? Joshua? <laughs> yeah. These guys, they, they are not very friendly. So, yeah, I would never want to cross paths with them or do them dirty. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a solid, like, 9 out of 10. Nice. I am going to say, like... Do you think it's different for a woman? Because ch- chances yeah. are you marry a gangster. Right. I, I would say I'm going to go with a pretty safe like six because if you don't piss them off you really have no reason to be afraid of them mm, we'll get into that I mean that. they yeah I mm, I don't know you've seen Godfather yes Goodfellas no it's one of the best movies ever made <laughs> I should have watched that yesterday instead of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind because that made me sad Aww. Love makes me sad sometimes. Larry? I'm going to go with a nine because they will take over your entire neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And we'll get into that. Do you think there's like a West Side mob? Yeah. They're just a little stabby. <laughs> the South, the, the Southeast mob's a little shooty. Yeah. When they get they're together, more shooty. they do their, their clicking. <laughs> no, they're a little, little more badass than that. Yeah. But. I would be afraid of like the hobbling mob to me like nothing has stuck out in my mind as a worse form of torture than Kathy Bates hobbling her what okay the dog mob is in full yeah apparently someone knock on the door or something did I miss something I think uh, one of the balloons came oh yeah Lando's scared of balloons no surprise there I was thinking the hobbling mob I'm like you can obviously outrun them (laughs) no they hobble you (laughs) yes but yeah, the hobbling scene in Misery. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's vicious. Mm. She was just in a book lover club mob. God bless Kathy Bates. Yes. What? Amazing what? performance. Yes. Very, very underrated. Mm. Anyway, Maybe. what about you, Ryan? 9.75. Wow. Okay. As much as I'm fascinated and that their stories have always... The mob stuff always makes me appreciate where we came from. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. I love a good mob movie. A mob story. Yes. You okay, Josh? (laughs) Sounds like a laryngitis. Sounds like a leaking balloon. He's still getting, he's still getting rid of his sickness. So I get it. Interesting. Guys, I wish I could elaborate more than that, but I don't want to spoil anything to come. So, the massacre happened on February 14th, 1929. And in order to really feel the era, we need to go into Larry's time capsule. Now it's time for us to open up the time capsule. All right, let me press my 1929 button. If you found 
Yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> I'm not using 1920s music. I'm going to use some mop music. Okay, a mop I like playlist it. I found on uh, Spotify. Very nice. Because the music, I, not much of I mean, it's what you hear in the 1920s. It's like, there's a reason. It I, just kind of blends together. I did I did hear, because I was uh, one of the sources for this episode is a History Channel documentary called The Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. Mm-hmm. And they play a song. Uh, there's a song about, like, How am I gonna get dry if I can't drink? Some oh some prohibition it's some yeah, anti prohibition music, music wow. which we can we can throw in their post but I'm just mentioning mm-hmm. that because it was like it made me laugh listening so we'll go on to film February 18th the first Academy Awards or Oscars are announced wow July 13th the first all color talkie on with the show is released by Warner Brothers and August 20th Hallelujah is the first Hollywood film to contain an entire black cast. Wow. wow. Progressive. And August 22nd, first in the Walt Disney Productions animated short Silly Symphony series, The Skeleton Dance is released. I'm sure everybody's seen that. That's like the Halloween mm-hmm. gift that I posted for our drunk tacular. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Births. May 4th, Audrey Hepburn. Oh. She passed mm-hmm. away in 1993. November, Grace Kelly. She died in 1982. November 15th, Ed Asner is born. Would go on to run Disney. And December 13th, Christopher Plummer. Interesting. Still alive. Great actor. So let's go on to some news. Really, there's one big news thing, and I want to cover it because I find it kind of fascinating, and that is the Wall Street crash of 1929. The stock market crash that occurred starts on October 28th. And that leads into the Great Depression, which lasts until the mid-30s. Now, we went through kind of a crash in 2008. Yes. And that was nowhere near that, what the, the crash was. Uh, leading up to the crash, the United States experiences an economic boom during the 20s. And many investors and speculators on the stock market, keep, they just kept, it kept growing and growing and growing. The stock market experiences a mid-mini crash on the 25th, March 25th, as investors start to sell their stocks. The crash reveals a shaky foundation in the market. Borrowing and credit is affected, and interest rates climb into the 20% range. Wow. Uh, But banker Charles E. Mitchell pledges $25 million in credit to stop the stock market slide a few days after the mini crash. And then he is uh, called upon to leave his post for daring to interfere with capitalism. Oh my god. So that whole thing could have been stopped. So it's like if we had a crash right now and Jeff Bezos was like, here's one billion dollars to try to fix everything, and then somebody was like, nope, nope, things have to take their course. Exactly. The economy shows signs of slowing as steel production, construction, and car sales all experience decline during the spring. However, the stock market still keeps climbing, breaking records month after month after month. The stock market reaches its peak on September 3rd, the, then the market starts to fluctuate up and down erratically during the month of September as people are like, this crash is going to happen. And the bubble bursts on October 24th and known as Black Thursday when stock prices fall sharply with a reported loss of $5 billion on that day. That's I don't have the... Uh, Josh, of course, is our math man. He will do the math. He'll get back to us when he has it. Investors are assured. Twenties, five billion. Yeah, investors are assured that nothing is wrong and it will stabilize. 
Black Monday happens on October 28th when the U.S. stock market experiences its biggest drop in history, 22.6% in one day. It's like a quarter. Uh, Black Tuesday happens on October 29th. Sell, 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 sell. Hispanic investors begin to sell all their stocks, and the stock market drops another 13%. Jesus. The market hits bottom on November 23rd and starts to stabilize after weeks of continuously failing. And then the U.S. joins the rest of the world in the Great Depression as massive amounts of people become unemployed and the economy loses incomprehensible amounts of money due to the stock market crash. And the Depression lasts until it would appear that World War II is the reason it came back. It came back. It wasn't yeah. for that war, which is crazy. Josh is doing some math here. Crunching the numbers. And in 1932, the U.S. stock market reaches its lowest point when it closes down. 89% from its highest point. Wow. Then nearly wiping out everything. That is a pretty great breakdown of what people went through during the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've 89%. seen all... 89%. That's nearly all. <laughs> that's, that's like insane. basically all of it, yeah. And it, what is what is it worth, today's money? Okay. <laughs> Five billion dollars in nineteen twenty nine mm-hmm. equals to seventy four billion two hundred sixty four million fifty five thousand six hundred ninety nine dollars and thirty five cents. Wow. Hopefully we don't feel that pain ever again. Yeah, right. Some inventions. Butt cheeks crossed. Ball sack. Right. Yes. First car radio is invented hmm. by Motorola. Motorin. The phone booth. The first public phone booth appears in London, of all places. The Academy Awards, obviously. The Museum of Modern Art opens up in New York. A start is made on the Rockefeller Center in New York. And 7-Up is invented. I love that spot. You like 7-Up? I do. It's good. It's it's Sprite's um, unpopular cousin. Yes. But it is very tasty. There's a reason you drink a 7 and 7. Oh, oh that sounds so good. Delicious oh, drink. Ah, uh, yes. Sport fan. World Series Philadelphia Athletics. <sighs> they defeat the Chicago Cubs for games 2-1. Interesting. And that... It's been your time capsule. I feel like I'm in like a smoky steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds good. But, but we're all facing the door because we don't want anybody sneaking up on us. Yeah. Continue that feeling from now until the break. Okay. 1929 era prohibition. Chicago. Would you have committed suicide? Yes. Oh, no booze? Uh, or you would have found it. I would have found it. I pro- I'm, uh, Ryan would have made it. Oh, you would have been bathtubbing it? There, Toilet wine? We'll get, we'll get to those things, but I would have been fine. I, it, my grandpappy Jeremiah, Jer- Jeremiah Herrick, Herrick yep. was fine. <laughs> Seven men were gunned down with Tommy guns. 
nearly sliced in half by bullets. It stunned the nation. It was unprecedented for the time, dubbed a massacre rather than a murder by the press. So where do we begin with what led up to this horrible tale of booze, dizzy dames, and people with loose morals? Well, Sounds like another night in the Shoop Kitchen studio. <laughs> it does. Most of America were founded with a plan, but no one planned on Chicago. Chicago, I, I, I really want to take you guys back in time. And in fact, as I've been reading The Devil in the White City about the World's Fair that happened there, uh, eventually we'll cover H.H. Holmes, the serial killer. Mm. And it's such a fascinating portrait because they had the great fire that was there. So Chicago was such a boom city because they had to rebuild. And it's kind of one of those things when people talk about, oh, well, I can't wait for like the next Ice Age because the rebuild and the re forming mm-hmm. of these different countries is going to be so spectacular because you're starting from zero. You know, it's like the idea of taking out a pad of paper and you, you have a pen and you have a clean sheet. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So Much like these podcasts. Yeah, no, that's a great thing. I mean, that that's, that's why these are so much fun to do because we never know how these are going to actually end up being. We go into it with high hopes and sometimes they're great and sometimes they're oops. But continuing on, Chicago, turn of the 20th century. Now, the Indians named the area Chickapoo which translated to bad smell. And then idea could travel to where the city poop (laughs) poop. That, that idea kind of reminds me of the underbelly of Chicago, the bad dudes, the dudes doing the stuff to try to make money. So prohibition happens in 1920. And before you know it, the gangsters have control of booze. Prohibition, if you're curious, at the time, poop meant no one could buy or sell alcohol. Does everybody know what prohibition is? Yes. Yes. Okay. It was we, a very sad time in our nation's history. We're kind of going through it right now with the, uh, the marijuana. Well, I think it's going to turn around here soon. The 20s saw two main gangs that came out of the city of Chicago. Now, Chicago is our is our stage. The North Side Gang and the South Side Gangs. White Sox versus Cubbies. Cubbies, exactly. At the time of the massacre, there was one man in control of the South Side Gang. We all know, when I say his name, everybody knows Al Capone. 5'10 and weighing 250 pounds. Tall, gracious and kind, strong and smart. He was the perfect man to fill the top spot. He called himself. He called. Him, <laughs> <laughs> hold on. He called himself Snorky. <laughs> Nagundari Dree. And nickname, he said, which was his own term for being elegant and dressing dapper. He did it getting to the top with. He 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 called himself Snorky while also only having a fifth grade level of education, but intense street smarts because he left school after fifth grade. Mm. At the time before prohibition happened, Chicago, 
as it still is known to be, was a beer drinking city. Yeah. Let me tell you, I've had some beers in Chicago. Oh, did we ever. Which, by the way, just the booze, like the underground booze market, could make $60 million a year during Prohibition. That's basically all it did was started an underground movement. Now, on the north side, you had George Moran. He ran that underground booze empire. His nickname was Bugs, Bugs Moran, and he was kind of an idiot. <laughs> and he did not like he did not like Capone. He was like, "If only I could have control of the South Side." Yeah, yeah. I hear they got Paradise Ranch down there, and then if you spread that <laughs> on your your iceberg lettuce, you got a real good date night. Just saying, I pulled that out of my ass. I apologize, but. As he was a meathead, profits rose in the city during Prohibition. There was a lot of north side, south side battles. Cubs, White Sox, like Mm -hmm. I said, they became elevated to an almost Hollywood level of popularity with the public because of the press. Which, to be fair, the mob movies at the time were very popular. You see Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, actually. and, and, And those mob movies... And even, do you remember in the movie Home Alone when he's watching a gangster movie that's on TV? That's of the time, basically. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of the name of the actor, but he was one of the most, he was like, I'm trying to remember Home Alone. He has those quotes that he yells, see you later, you filthy animal. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Exactly. There you go. I uh, I hit a mental roadblock. I know I'm trying to think of the name of it because it was a fake movie. Like the the thing he's watching isn't a real movie, but I wanted to watch it because it was, you know, because Kevin McAllister was watching it. Mm -hmm. Of course. Now, in the early 20s, the North Side had a more richer and favorable area, which Capone wanted control of. They sold a lot of beer. To Germans, Irish, Polish, and hard-drinking folk, Bugs Moran wasn't technically in control of the North until 1927. Before him was Dion O'Banion. This gentleman was a florist. That's right. He liked flowers. And, had a, and he had a headquarter in the Northside gang in a florist shop in a posh neighborhood called Schofields. The, that was the name of the floral shop, Schofields. It was also the North Side Gang's Hangout. <laughs> it was across from a historic, the, the historic Holy Name Church, which he sang in choir for mm-hmm. as a boy. Oh, good guy. He mainly did floral arrangements for gangsters and would charge $100 for those. And if the customer wanted to have somebody knocked off for a little more, he gave a little bit more than 100 And he supposedly killed 60 people during his time as the flower man. Jeez. That's right. Dion was feared and respected. O'Banion had one of the largest brewery businesses in Chicago, which Capone wanted. His, now, the documentary I watched called them like killer lieutenants. Mm-hmm. So I want you to picture like... Lieutenant Dion? No, the scary, the scary hitmen mm-hmm. of the big bosses. So... The muscle. 
His lieutenants were fearsome killers. Among them was Jaime Wise, who carried rosary beads on his chest next to his revolver, would work safe cracking as well as was O'Banion's right-hand man. Also, the only man Capone was afraid of. So the right-hand man of this guy that had the rosary beads mm-hmm. and the gun was the guy that Capone was like, please, lady, please, Jesus, Allah, Buddha, don't let this guy kill me. I just want spaghetti. So <laughs> then there was the man, Vincent Trucci, a man nicknamed the schemer, a character who wanted to kill Capone personally, take over his side of Chicago, then take out everyone else until he became the president and or emperor of the world. He wasn't Those are so some lofty goals. <laughs> Damn. He wasn't so smart, but hey, aim high, I guess. Yeah. Also, there was two gun Louie. He seemed to be a bit nuts. He walked around like a cowboy and owned a ranch in Colorado. All these dudes were killers, and they had a fondness for Tommy guns, putting out, by the way, Tommy guns. They put out 800 rounds per minute, are easily concealed lightweight weapons that put a ton of power into its users' hands. They were invented in World War I to break up the trenches, but after the war, they didn't go on sale as fast, and the gun makers decided to market them to farmers, bankers, and ranchers. Oh, yeah, because bakers, you know, they're making them long johns. and Bankers. Oh. They have money. That's yeah. what they're protecting. <laughs> I heard bakers. I mean, I, I mean, if you have a bomb recipe for Bismarck, I mean, I would want to protect it as well. That's true. I mean, I guess... It, I can see farmers. If a bank manager had a gun like that, I guess you'd get less guff from customers. Mm, that's so true. The Thompson or Tommy gun was loud and in close range, pretty effective. You could basically take that gun and write your initials on the wall if you wanted. Hmm. On Capone's south side was Jack McGurn and some more of like who used the Tommy gun as well. Even cops actually started to purchase Tommy Oof. guns because they were just like, well, you got to fight fire with fire. Yeah, exactly. True. Capone. Now we're going to talk about early years a bit with Capone mm-hmm. here. The streets of Brooklyn in 1899 poverty was common for Italian immigrants. The average wage was $10 a week at a job and it was given constant shit from lo- these people were given constant shit from locals. This early mob times. Their leisure time was spent out on the street. So, I mean, it's like the people just kind of like fanning themselves, sitting mm-hmm. on their porches, like ah, back in the old country, this uh, you could get good spaghetti. You're like back in the times of Red Dead. Uh, Mom, can you talk? Can you stop? Can you stop talking about mozzarella? <laughs> I'm trying to play jump in front of the fire hydrant with this cute girl. Fun fact, did you know that like spaghetti as we know it, spaghetti bolognese is actually like if you went to Italy and ordered that, they would laugh in your face. We don't serve American here. No. Born on January 17th, 1899. Wow, the day after my my birthday is the 16th. Yeah. Not the same year, though. Well, was Alfonso (laughs) Calpone. It's a long time ago. It's hard to remember, Larry. (laughs) On the 38 Garfield Street. I live on Garfield Street. Whoa! <laughs> How tall are you again? I'm 5'9". Five, He's what, 5'10"? Five, five, ten. Ten. Ooh. 250. Is, uh, mm. Okay. I hope to get there that. someday. 
This guy, <laughs> he grew up around gangs. In fact, there were kid gangs. Well, yeah, she, yeah, she. <laughs> he would watch. Them. I own all your Tonka trucks. See, he would. He his dad would finish his job, and he he would go with him to play pool. He tried to be a clerk in a candy store, found a decent job in a factory, and would work for $23 a week, but found his real pull was on the streets, robbing shop owners, starting fires, and stealing kids' lunch money. These damn Jewish kid gangs, Irish kid gangs, gangs, German kid gangs, they were just like running amok, and they didn't like each other. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were not part of their clique, you were fucking dead meat. Mm -hmm. Just saying. And they would make an example out of you. Oh, boy. They clashed a lot. He joined an Italian gang first at 11 called the the South Brooklyn Rippers. He then joined an adult gang called the 40 Thieves Juniors, which seems like an oxymoron to me. Yeah, a little bit. He climbed rapidly through the gangs as a teen and eventually joined the notorious Five Points gang in New York, learning how to wield a knife and a revolver. At 17, he started to work at a brothel saloon, which he got in trouble soon after with because of hitting on a lady whose brother actually came in to settle the score with a knife, giving Capone the trademark scars that would, would come with him the nickname... Scarface. If we could all have like mob nicknames, what would they be? Usually they're like uh, an exaggeration of something you like. Josh would be the beard. Mm -hmm. I'd be tiny. (laughs) You, I I think I'm sorry. I'm I'm the beard. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I, I do. I've, I myself have come up with kind of nicknames for you guys. Oh, but we also, no, and I don't mean that as a bad thing. We can go around with our nicknames for each other. Well, I will say one thing, and I'll throw this card out there before mm-hmm. we start this. I think our stripper names might be our gang names. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, you go okay. first. You go first. What's your, what's your mob names for us? Dribble. <laughs> you gave yourself the name the Dribble? I did for my stripper name, but I think it's also my mob name. Okay. You, that was. Oh, you don't have one for all of us. Oh, for all of it. Well, yeah. Your kielbasa, your little Debbie, and your beard. I don't know what you were. The beard. Little Debbie. Oh God. You owe me some money, Josh. What you got for us? Ah, uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with Mama A. Okay. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm going to call you Meatball. Meatball? <laughs> Kielbasa or Meatball, it works. Meatball. Why not both? <laughs> Same time. Kielbasa Meatball. And then Ryan will be uh, Rumhead. <laughs> Rumhead. Rumhead. April? Um, oh, Josh didn't give us a cell phone. Yeah. You know what? I think you're right. They would go. I would I'd just be the beard. Yeah. It's anonymous enough to be kind of mysterious and scary mm-hmm. in a way. It's a good it's like, name. Mm-hmm. It's like the beard. Fear the beard. Yeah. I just got chills. Yeah. I'd be scared. I feel like I would be something. I'd be like Mama Ziti. 
<laughs> Ooh, that sounds tasty. Yeah, Mama Ziti. Um, Larry. Would- that ain't no vegan like Ziti, is it? Because I don't respect no. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, I'd be like Mama Linguini. Mm. That sounds Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry would be smoky, not because he smokes, but because he smokes meats. Why are all yours meat related? <laughs> meatball you're, kielbasa. You're meat I'm known for my meat. Um, Smoky meatball. Smoky kielbasa meatball. Ryan would be radade. Radade. I like it. <laughs> Josh. That's what the girls whisper slowly. Radade. <laughs> and yeah, Josh would. I can't. I honestly got think can't think of anything more fitting than the beard. It's the beard. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'll start with Ryan. He's Nips. <laughs> the ab, it's nips. Perfect. Yep. A Don't be making me a poke your eye out there. He's Nips. He's my left. He's my right hand man. Nips. And my muscle. My muscle over here. This, hey, it was cool this, uh, today. Hey, I was outside. I was trying to shovel the driveway, and I slipped, and I busted my ass. And now I know I got a nipple in my eye. My left hand, man, is the nips. Uh, the my muscle here is uh, is fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Most Italian uh, dish ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the dish. It's the uh, yellow slicker you wear with the beard. Yes. <laughs> and my right hand woman, uh, ape. <laughs> My God! Wonderful. Me, I'm a, I'm a the fucked up haircut. Uh. <laughs> Papa Calzone. <laughs> great. Oh, this is great. Oh, yeah. meat we'll, stuffings. Yes. We'll circle back on this when we have to talk about our our gangs later. But <laughs> so there were kid gangs. They clashed a lot. He ends up doing the five points game gang now. That. Horrible at the basketball. The next meets. year, he met May Coglin and they fell in love. 18 days after the birth of their first son, they were married, which, God, that escalated quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, While Whoa. still in New York, they worked as, he ended up working as a slammer or a dude who beats up people who hold back money from the mob. Uh. So it's like, hey, you know you're, you know you're on the bookie. You got to give us some money. And then you sound like that for a while. And they're like, my eyeballs in my butt. I bet, so, that, I bet he was like a really calm dad. Like after a day oh, spent yeah. like kicking everyone's ass. All his anger He out. came home and he was like, hey, Junior. He's giving he's hugs. Like the, kid, the kid's hair is uh, on canasta. fire and it's just like literally like punching you in the face. <laughs> and you're just like, Whatever. I brought you a toy. Uh, just wipe out the blood off of it. Uh. <laughs> hey, Frankie, I brought you some snack cakes. <laughs> now... While still in New York, he when he was working in a slammer, he worked for a, a man who actually really kind of like fell in love with, not, but like became a like a father mm-hmm. figure. His name was Frank Frankie Yall. He liked how he was tough, how Al was tough but bright, and it was this that led him to Chicago because he was sent to Yale. Uh, he was sent by Yell, the guy he worked Yell, the guy he worked for, to John Torrio to be a bodyguard in a million dollar building with a gambling floor, a prostitution level, boozing, and late smoky nights. 
under Torrio, L began to appreciate suits, opera, and fine cigars. So, Respect to any hookers that might be listening. So basically yep. the idea was like he went from that place like training wise and then he's like 20, 19, 20. And wow. he's like, I'm sending you to Chicago to work for this guy, Torrio, at a club. Like, and this was the hot spot. Like they were covering like a million dollars in like gross from just like booze. And this is pre prohibition. This is like 1919. So he heads out under Torrio. Al began to appreciate, like I said, suits, opera and fine cigars because he, he always identified with the leaders Mm -hmm. and the leaders always loved him because he was, like I said, he was, he was muscle Mm-hmm. which they could respect that he could like shut down like the bad guys, but also he was smart. Street smart. Exactly. Street smart. So then prohibition hits on January 17th, 1920, the same day Al Capone turned 21. Not that I think the drinking age was 21 at the time, but slide whistle player did not like that. Mm, no, my only chance to get laid was to get him drunk and, Take that away from me. Poor are, guy. You a, are you a rapist? Slide whistle player? <laughs> no. I'm, I mean, maybe. I Dabbling. Look for, I, I look for advantages. <laughs> I dabble in I, roofies. I, I dip my dick in the raping. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We might have to castrate you, sir. So, anyway. <laughs> so. Congress passed a bill that stopped the sale of alcoholic beverages, a plan made by Amos Woodcock. Not a gay porn Too star, easy. Too easy. but a real shitbird of the time who <laughs> was working for the government. He wanted to strike against the big boy, the ones making money by making backwoods liquor sales and underground say speakeasies, which were the places to go when you wanted booze. But bootleg, bootlegging was thriving. You could go anywhere in the city to get it in Chicago. And as before, when a drink would get, okay, this is fascinating to me. And I, I know you'll appreciate this, Josh. Say uh, pre-prohibition, you would go to a, a bar or a saloon and get a drink for 15 cents. Ugh. They could profit and charge and make back on this with a drink that was charged at, at a minimum 75 cents. Wow. So from 15 to That's 75. That's a markup. It is. Yeah. And people were paying. That's a huge markup. You it's can imagine business. now how much money they started to accumulate in the 20s. That's when the gangsters were running Supply the and command. Exactly. Now, a biographer during the documentary I was listening to actually called them hoodlums instead of gangsters. And I laughed out loud. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, hoodlums. It was the grandma character. that yes. was. So as it stood, the cops and the mayor took bribes and pretended everything was fine. Basically, it was as corrupt as you'd think, if not worse. Mm-hmm. Now, meanwhile, O'Banion, the character that I mentioned earlier, who was in charge of the North, North side. side, he moved against the South Side rivals by unsuccessfully trying to flame, to frame, flame, frame Torrio and Capone for the murder of North Side hanger on. John Duffy, a gun for hire out of Philadelphia. Duffy, following a violent drunken argument, had smothered his bride, Maybell Exley, with a pillow while she slept. Rude. <laughs> that is. Although, you get a good night's sleep. <laughs> although other sources claim Duffy shot her twice in the head. 
which is called getting suicided, I thought. The Clinton, yeah, term. When he awoke the following morning, he panicked and called a friend, asked for a car and Good money measure. to get out of town. He was soon contacted by O'Banion, who agreed to help him. He told Duffy to meet him at the Four Deuces, a South Wabash club run by the Torrio Capone organization. So a lot of what happens where things get muddy and kind of shitty mm-hmm. is whenever they cross into different jurisdictions. Text, uh, it's like, or they're asking for help from the other mm-hmm. side. You're the North or South. You did not ask for the other side. To this side. day, but except it's baseball related. Right. Either North side or South sider. At the club, several eyewitnesses reported seeing Duffy being picked up around eight by in a Studebaker by O'Banion and an unidentified man. Later on, Duffy's body was found in a snowbank outside of Chicago. He had been shot three times in the head with a 38 caliber pistol. Another witness later told police that he saw Banyan and two other men dump Duffy's body, but he later retracted his statement. His Duffy had been last seen at the Four Deuces. Suspicion logically focused on club manager Al Capone. The subsequent investigation brought unwanted attention from law enforcement on the club as it was a source of illegal gambling, prostitution, and bootlegging. When police started to view O'Banion as a possible suspect, the gang leader told reporters, quote, the police don't have to look for me. I'll go and look for them. I'll be at the state's attorney's office at 2.30 p.m. Monday afternoon. I can tell the state's attorney anything he wants to know about me. Whatever happened to Duffy is out of my line. I don't mix with any kind of riffraff. You know he walked in and that place was empty. Right? (laughs) Hello, hello. Uh, I'm taking a sick day. My condition. Now, police officials were never able to amass enough evidence to charge O'Banion with Duffy's murder. They theorized, though, that O'Banion and two other accomplices drove Duffy to a remote woodland area, stopping on Nottingham Road. Duffy and O'Banion got out of the car to relieve themselves. At that point, O'Banion stood behind the unsuspecting Duffy and shot him in the back of the head. O'Banion then shot Duffy twice more before dumping his body in the snowbank. Police think that O'Banion killed Duffy because he wanted to avoid a highly publicized investigation into the murder of Duffy's wife. By meeting Duffy at the Chicago Outfit Club and taking Duffy for a one-way ride, he hoped to shift blame for Duffy's murder onto Torrio and Capone. So it was always all about blaming the other side. Now, this is where things get crazy. On November 3rd, 1924, Dean O'Banion made a telephone call to arch-rival Angelo Jenna that became heated. Their disagreement concerned a debt Jenna had incurred at the ship. The casino from the The north side. Yep, that was the name of the... He had a debt to not the ship, like a ship, but like a place establishment. Oh, okay. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. The casino that the Northside gang boss owned along with Torrio Syndicate. As O'Banion had sat in with Al Capone, Frank Nitty, and Frank Rio, and others to tally the week's profits, it was mentioned that Angelo Jenna had bet a large amount of cash plus a sizable marker. Capone recommended that they cancel the marker as a professional courtesy. O'Banion instead spoke to Jenna on the telephone and abusively, which is not a good way to talk to people on the phone. Generally not. Demanded that he pay his debt within a week. Now, Capone had 
some history with doing that. You know, theoretically, he's he's climbing up the ranks. Gen- mm-hmm. He's not the top dog yet. Right. But being the guy that's like, you know, pursuing pursuing people with debts to stronger or not even stronger, but wealthier people. Now, when with this insult, which is people being demanded to pay, Angelo Jenna and his family could no longer be restrained. Until then, Mike Merlo and the Unoni Sicilian. Uh, is a word word. The Mahapapapuram. Siciliana? Siciliana. Had refused to sanction... Yeah. Had refused to sanction a hit on O'Banion. However, Merlo had terminal cancer and died on November 8th, uh, which I remember seeing that in the documentary. Hmm. They had like a leader guy type guy, and he just died all of a sudden from cancer. With Merlo gone, the Jettas and Southsiders were free to move on O'Banion. Now, using the Merlot funeral as a cover story, the guy who died, over the next few days, Brooklyn gangsters Frankie Yell, who's a character who he I'm was, Frankie! He was the guy that he was the guy that Capone worked for in New York. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then he sent him to Chicago to work at that restaurant gotcha. or the multi-tiered prostitution gambling place. Mm, like a now, cake. Frankie Yell and others mm. visited Schofield's O'Banion's flower shop. Now, so if if you can picture this, you've got the guy that Capone works for in New York comes mm. back, just him, not a bunch of people, just him, and then two other guys go to O'Banion's shop, which is the main hangout for the North Side Schofield's mm-hmm. the flower shop. So they go into Schofield's, O'Banion's flower shop, to discuss floral, floral arrangements for the guy who just died, unsuspectingly, from cancer. Okay. However, the real purpose of these visits were to memorize the story layout for the hit on O'Banion. Now, on the morning of November 10th, 1924, O'Banion was clipping chrysanthemums in Schofield's back room. Yell entered the shop with Gena gunman John Scalise and Albert Ansel- Anselmi when O'Banion and Yell shook hands now I want you guys to pay attention to this a little bit because I'm going to have to kind of show this but I'll explain it as well when they shook hands Yell grasped O'Banion's hand in a tight grip and would not let go at the same time Scalise and Ans- Ansel- Anselmi stepped aside and fired bullets into him so Basically, he shook his hand, grabbed it, and then grabbed underneath his arm, mm-hmm. pulled him like this towards him, and two people came around and just just shot him, turned him into Swiss cheese. Jeez. One of the killers fired a final Swiss. shot into the back of his head as he lay down face, face down on the floor. Since O'Banion was a major crime figure, the Catholic Church denied him burial in consecrated ground. However, a priest... O'Banion had known since childhood recited the Lord's Prayer and three Hail Marys in his memory. Despite the restriction, O'Banion received a lavish funeral, which I saw pictures of it. It looks insane. This is also, by the way, this is called the handshake murder. If you want to Google it, it's on Wikipedia and all the things. But this is when Capone theoretically took down the big major Northside boss. Mm -hmm. 
Albanian was originally interred in unconsecrated ground. However, his family persevered, and he finally was reburied in consecrated ground elsewhere in the cemetery. The Albanian killing sparked a brutal five-year gang war between the Northside gang and the Chicago outfit that culminated in the killing of seven Northside gang members in the St. Valentine's Massacre in 1929, which we will get into after the break. You've heard a lot about it. Now take a look at the automatic gun with its greatest speed of fire in the world. Firing 1,500 rounds a minute, the Tommy gun in Tommy's hands will rapidly write finish to any parachutist who land or try to land over here. guns are ready to go so here we go we're gonna dive into this incident at 10 30 a.m on thursday february 14th 1929 seven men were murdered at the garage of 2122 north clark street oh i don't know it's clark in the lincoln park neighborhood of chicago's north Mm -hmm. side they were shot by four men using weapons that included two thompson submachine guns Man, those bolts must have been crawling through their skin. Two of the shooters were dressed as uniformed policemen, while the others were suits, ties, overcoats, and hats. Witnesses saw the quote-unquote police leading the other men at gunpoint out of the garage after the shooting. The victims included five members of George Bugs Moran's Northside gang, Moran's second-in-command and brother-in-law, Albert Kachalek, alias James Clark, was killed along with Adam Payer, the gang's bookkeeper and business manager. Albert Weinshank, who managed several cleaning and dyeing operations for Moran, and gang enforcers Frank Gusenberg and Peter Gusenberg. Two collaborators were two collab collaborators were also shot. Corroborate. Reinhard H. Schwimmer, a former optician turned turned gambler and gang associate, and John May, an occasional mechanic for the Moran gang. Which is really sad. He had seven kids, oh. by the way. And he was the last one to die. He like moaned. He was like, free. And then they shot him. Jeez. I, I was making up the free part. I'm just saying he had seven kids. Bust. Come on, guys. I thought you were watching that commercial free for free 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 no tax <laughs> so when real chicago police officers arrived at the scene one of the victims frank gusenberg 
Sorry about that. Was still alive. He was taken to the hospital where doctors stabilized him for a short time. Police tried to question Gusenberg. When asked who shot him, Gusenberg, who had sustained 14 bullet wounds, replied, no one shot me. He then died three hours later. Hmm. The massacre was allegedly planned by the organization led by Al Capone, who was living in Florida at the, Florida, Florida? At the, Florida at the time. Florida, Bama. What city? He literally got... Casamimi? He literally got up, put on a one-piece bathing suit. It was all black. It was like of course swimming. it was. And then he went in for questioning for like some sort of money thing. Because let, let me just... Spoiler alert. Al Capone, the only reason he went to jail in the end was... Tax, tax evasion. evasion. Yeah. But they put him in like one of the most hardcore prisons. Yeah. yeah for sure. tax evasion. Mm. Mm. Meh. Really cool, though, if you can go see uh, Alcatraz. Alcatraz, yeah. Mm. The massacre was allegedly planned and organized, like I said, by Al Capone to eliminate George Bugs Moran, the boss of the long-established Northside Gang. The former boss of the Northside Gang Dean O'Banion, who we brought up from the handshake murder, the florist, had been murdered by four gunmen in his flower shop on North State Street in 1924. After the murder of O'Banion, each successive leader of the Northsiders was killed, allegedly by various members of associates of the Capone organization. I wonder if there are some sort of mob tour you could take in Chicago. I think so. I think I would dig that. Yeah, I do too. Well, I did one when I went to Ireland, the Catholic and the... Oh, boy. Yeah, the Catholic kind of tour where they show you where like all the... Where we touch the boys. Mm, Future episode. Several factors contributed to the timing of the plan to kill George Bugs Moran earlier in the year. By the way, George did not die there. Really? No, he... uh, He escaped? he, He saw a cop and he kept walking and he didn't go in. Smart dude. That's the reason he's the leader. Right? The leader of the pack. Earlier in the year, Northside cider Frank Gusenberg and his brother Peter unsuccessfully attempted to murder Jack McGurn. Jack McGurn. The Northside gang was complicit in the murders of Pasquiliano, Patsy, Lolorado, and Antonio Lombardo. Both had been presidents of the Union Siciliana, the local mafia, and close associates of Capone. Moran and Capone had been vying for control of the lucrative Chicago bootlegging trade, and Muggs and Bugs Moran had been moving in on several of Capone's enterprises. Moran was muscling in on a Capone run dog track in the Chicago suburbs because they couldn't bet on like regular races, so mm-hmm. they bet on dogs. So he had taken over, uh, Moran had taken over several saloons that were run by Capone, insisting they were in his territory. The plan was to lure Bugs Moran to the SMC Cartage warehouse in North Clark Street on February 14th. The intent was to kill Moran and perhaps two or three of his lieutenants mm. or his bad dudes. It is usually assumed that the North Siders were lured to the garage. With the promise of stolen cut rate shipment of whiskey supplied by Detroit's Purple Gang, which was associated with Capone. 
the Gusenbergs brothers were supposed to drive two empty trucks to Detroit that day to pick up two loads of stolen Canadian whiskey. All of the victims, with the exception of John May, were dressed in their best clothes, as was customary for the Northsiders and other gangsters at the time. Yes, I like a wear in my blue and my red shirts. I do. Yahoo! God. Imagine. I gotta pound you like a goomba. <laughs> On St. Valentine's Day, most of the Moran gang had already arrived at the warehouse by approximately 10.30. Moran was not there, having left his Parkway Hotel apartment late. As Moran and one of his men, Ted Newberry, approached the rear of the warehouse from a side street, they saw a police car approach the building. They immediately turned and retraced their steps, going to a nearby coffee shop. A big oh, beat. good choice. Maybe. They encountered another gang member, Henry Gusenberg, on the street. Henry was warned and turned back. Willie Marks, also a Northside gang member, spotted the police car on his way to the garage. He ducked into a doorway and jotted down the license plate number before leaving the neighborhood. Ah, what a twist. Capone's lookouts likely mistook one of Moran's men for Moran himself, probably Albert Weinshank, which they mentioned in the documentary that one of the guys was like, that's him. He's got an olive hat, and he's got a gray coat. That's definitely him. Bugs. And then they went in to kind of do this thing. The physical similarity between the two men was enhanced by their dress. Both happened to be wearing the same color overcoats and hats that day. Oops. <laughs> Which, I mean, are you really going to get that mad at your guy? Your your, your guy on the, out, on the outlook? Like, hey, we're, we're trying to get this guy in. And then he's like, I think that's him. Right. I mean, at least he's putting colors to dress apparel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Most of these guys were a bunch of box of rocks walking around with guns and rosary beads. See, oh, so nothing's a, different. If it was a woman out on lookout, she would have been like, mm, they look kind of the same, but is that hat really olive? It's more like a forest green <laughs> or kind of like a chartreuse. Uh, and it looks like it's made out of wool instead of that, like, uh, I don't know. Is it cotton? I can't tell. Oh, he's gone. I mean, oh. He's gone. I guess next, next, next hit. <laughs> if women ran the world. Yeah, right. Now, We'd be better off. Witnesses outside the garage saw a Cadillac sedan pulled to a stop in front of the garage. Four men, two dressed in police uniform, emerged and walked inside. The two fake police officers carrying shotguns entered the rear portion of the garage and found members of the Moran's gang and two gang collaborators, Reinhardt Schwimmer and John May, who was fixing one of the trucks. The quote-unquote police officers then ordered the men to line up against the wall. The two police officers then signaled to the pair in civilian clothes who had accompanied them. Two of the killers opened fire with Thompson submachine guns, one with a 20-round box magazine and the other a 50-round drum. Jeez. They were thorough, spraying their victims left and right, even continuing to fire after all seven and hit the floor. Two shotgun blasts afterwards. Afterwards, all but obliterated the faces of John May and James Clark, according to the coroner's report. To give the appearance that everything was under control, the men in street clothes came out with their hands up, prodded by the two uniformed police officers. Inside the garage, the only survivors in the warehouse were Highball, May's May's dog, the the guy, the the mechanic. Mm -hmm. The dog did not die. Oh, good. good. I don't know why that makes me feel better, but it does. 
and Frank Gusenberg. Despite 14 bullet wounds, he was still conscious, oh. but died three hours later, refusing to utter a word about the identities of the killer, killers. The Valentine's Day massacre set off a public outcry that posed a problem for all mob bosses. Mm. And that's the Valentine's Day massacre. Wow. Seven men gunned down with Tommy guns. In fact, they actually found bullets in their toes. Dear I mean, God. They, they shot a lot of bullets in no these guys. Shit. These, wow. These guys, like I said, the, according to the, the documentary filmmaker, that there were some that looked like they had been split in half. Like, oh, like literally didn't shot that much. Ugh. So you're talking tendons, muscles, organs. Mm-hmm. I mean, just everything. You know, I, I heard a story today that just like made my butt clamp shut. It was like a horrible death. And I'll tell this story before we get into the other segments we know and love, but I'll try to be brief. So basically this kid was on MySpace. This is during the MySpace era. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. He was at Ohio State or Indiana, one of those lower shitty universities. <laughs> and he was did a survey about how I want to die. And he said, I want to die going like a hundred miles an hour in a Ferrari and just flip off the road. Like that's, you know, cool. Cause I'm driving a sweet car and I burst in flames. Mm-hmm. Well, the day that he did that survey, him and some friends were doing one of these weird university challenges where they try to put as many people as they can on an elevator. Mm-hmm. Oh no. And it was just too many. So he tried to escape to get off the elevator because the elevator, the weight, that they used to make it go up and make it go down started to lapse and the elevator started to drop. So instead of sticking on the elevator and just letting it fall, he tried to crawl out into one of the floors in the building that they were staying in. And the elevator dragged down and split him in half. Oh, metal. So his bottom half rode to the bottom with his friends. <laughs> oh my God. Shit, piss, and all. Because, you know, you empty your, your orifices when right. you die. He died pretty quickly after God. being split. I read that in some article, which I can post on the closed group if people are that interested. But I just thought I would just exclaim the worst death of all that I could think of. After the horrible St. Valentine's Day massacre. Like there's a reason that those uh elevators have like weight limits posted right on mm-hmm. the door. And that's a that's a telltale thing that you need to know. Couldn't Should wait follow that, yeah. Yep. Couldn't wait fifteen minutes. No, not even. <laughs> so what God. we want to know about our stories, a little bit of background info. We like to go for our pop culture. It's time for the Pop Culture Minute with Josh. Sonic, Sonic Boom! So sometimes when I do this segment, I learn about... I learn stuff. And in today's case... We all do. Well, this one particular thing I was kind of surprised about because I did not know about it. Um, Now, as Ryan already mentioned, Al Capone, he had a nickname called Scarface. Mm -hmm. However, 
I thought the Al Pacino film was the original, but it's not. In 1932, there was a film called Scarface with Paul Mooney playing as Tony Camante. Now, they do have a scene in the, a garage, <clears throat> but they do not show anything too graphic. It's mm. actually shot where it's uh, their uh, silhouettes. Okay. So, making it not so uh, massacre <laughs> Yeah. But on that note, of course, there is the um, legendary film Scarface with Al Pacino playing as Capone. Um, and yeah, I, I admit, never seen it. It's pretty brutal. I, I, I don't know. It's I, a good I, movie, but yeah. I, I'm not, I'm just not huge on the mob films. They chainsaw his brother to death. Metal. Now, The first time the St. Valentine's Day Massacre was dramatized was in the 1958 Playhouse 90 production film, Seven Against the Wall. Ooh, good name. Yeah. Aptly name, I might add. Mm -hmm. Um, Although there's really really nothing about it. I could not find anything online about it. Now let's go ahead um, to 1990. I know this is probably a film that if I had to guess, maybe April scene, but maybe not. 1990s Dick Tracy. I, I, I think I brought that up offhand while we were mm-hmm. recording. Is that dealing with all these bad lieutenants? Yes. I just mm-hmm. imagine like the mob bosses right. looking like all that. Like this is pizza face. This is. <laughs> well, in the film, it was head. big nose. Big boy yeah. caprice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big boy. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so there's that. There's and then there's the another film in 1967, Roger Corman's The Saint Valentine's Day Massacre, which um, comes up really quick if you search this on YouTube. Okay. Right, and then there's also The Untouchables Good was movie. set after The Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. Um, but that's that's it as far as I ha- as far as that stuff. There is one other thing that I wanted to bring up because this alludes, of course, to the uh, the Potty Slam podcast that we we all that April, Larry, and I do a show about professional wrestling history. In 1999, February 14th of 1999, there was a uh, pay per view by the WWF called Saint Valentine Day. Valentine's Day Massacre in your house. Now, what's actually pretty notable about this pay-per-view is that it is the very first time we see a couple people, the Blue Meanie. Uh, It was his premiere in the WWF, but more importantly, more importantly, is the very first time that we see the big show. In the WWF. Oh. Oh. Now, at this particular pay-per-view, he did not go by the name The Big Show. He went by his actual name. Paul White. Paul White, yeah. Mm. So. Very cool. Yeah, but that's. Synergy, baby. That's right. That's been your pop culture. Uh, well, 
now that we've got that out of the way, which we've learned a lot from, thank you, Josh. It's time for the other shoop to dish with us. The other shoop falls. <laughs> other shoop drops. Yep. It's time for us to get down on some Yahoo answers. Well, of course, it is time to take to the internet answers.yahoo.com to see what our our very strange friends have to say. Um, I'm I'm going a, a little more with our Valentine's Day theme instead of our mob theme. Okay. Because um, I was curious what the Yahoo Answers community had to say about the worst date they've ever been on. Awesome. And boy, oh boy, are there some doozies. A kiss. Though <laughs> there's lots of those. Uh this anonymous user wrote, I once went on a date with a chick who was allergic to nuts. During the date, <laughs> during the date, I ordered her a nice meal that I thought would get her in the mood, but unfortunately it had traces of nuts in it. She unknowingly ate it and went into shock. The doctors didn't get to her in time, and she choked to death on her what? own swollen throat. Holy shit. I was going to say, I'm, I'm curious if anyone's ever been on a first date where the person died, and now that answers that. That, that answers your question. Yahoo! Yep. Um, That's the sound she was making. Yeah, right. I feel like I'm done dating if something like that yep. happens. I'm like, That's, I'm done. You just, I just killed somebody. Yeah. You just punch your dating time card. You're yeah. out. Oh my god! I've never regretted anything more. I never loved anything. Oh more. lordy! All right, <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, uh, user Arlene wrote this guy Tom. I met him at a party and he asked me out. We were going to meet for dinner. I decided to meet him at the restaurant, and when I got there, he was already three sheets to the wind. We ate, ah, and I said, Ryan. I'm, I'm I've had, I've, it's the Valentine's Day episode, so I can say I've been on a date with somebody who was three sheets yeah. to the wind when I show up. It's not a good sign. No. No, it's not. I know I knew that things were destabilized pretty quick. Did you still sleep with her? Yes. Okay. I've had almost an entire bottle of wine. I'm, I can't lie to you, Aluma Mama. <laughs> I know. Thank you for being honest. I would know if you were lying anyway. Oh, uh, I'm like, it's no. It's mom, sixth sense. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she said, we ate, and I said I would give him a ride home, even though I just wanted to be away from him and made that very clear, but no way I was going to let him get behind the wheel. Well, before I could get the direction to his place, he puked all over my car and then proceeded to pass out. I was not going to take him to my place, so I took his cell phone, found a number that turned out to be a friend of his, and told his friend he could pick him up in the Safeway parking lot where I left his ass. God almighty. Amateur. Right? Uh, user Ande wrote, true, <laughs> true story. In a passionate embrace in the dining room, one of us tripped. Over the dining room table we went, <laughs> resulting in a broken collarbone for him and a sprained wrist for me. His poor oh. dog was traumatized for life. Was the dog like trying to sandwich in between them like Probably. a piece of meat? Instead of going out to the show we had expensive tickets for, we spent the evening together into the e in the ER where we ran into his ex-girlfriend who became jealous, confronted him, and slapped his face. What a... The evening got worse as on the way to my home, he received a speeding ticket and we walked into my house to find my sister naked on the couch with her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> nah. 
what do you even say at that point? He's got like a collarbone, like yeah, he's cast. all casted up. Man. She's like, ah, my shit's broken. The dog's like, fuck my life with a cigarette hanging out of it. Paul, I and mean, there's my sister banging her boyfriend. Yep, and she's just like. I, I, I thought you guys were. Uh, I thought you guys were. Uh, I thought you guys were out on your date. And the guy. Meanwhile, the guy's trying to shoot monster energy, monster energy drink inside of her, and oh my god, he can't concentrate any longer. Uh, sadly, that is not where the story ends. Oh, retreating, no. retreating to the kitchen to try and salvage even a few minutes from the evening. We raided the fridge and packed down a couple of turkey sandwiches. The next day, I woke sick as a dog, and when the phone rang, I knew who it was. The turkey had gone bad, and we both had food poisoning. Oh, my God. We decided we were star-crossed, possibly deadly to one another, and vowed to never see each other again. There was some luck in it for him, however. Admitted to the hospital to recover from the food poisoning, he met his future wife, a nurse, and they have been married for 25 years. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good Lord. That's a hallmark. That's a a doozy. doozy. Uh, User... User Wet Dream Diver. Yeah. Josh. Right. Wrote, got set up on a blind date. Down on a bearded clam without a dental dam. Happens every time. Went to meet her and she was sitting at a table with six other women, all little princesses. They proceeded to sit there and talk as if I weren't there until one of them asked why the other hadn't gone to law school. And she replied that she would have, she would have, but she was waiting for her husband to make more money so she could pay for it. I won't tell you what I said, but the date went downhill from there as they all bolted for the door as fast as they could get their coats. That's why you don't date your fairy godmother and all three munchkins. Exactly. Uh, user Narcissus24 wrote, Was where, a Greek goddess? Yes. Where the guy only had an ATM card and no cash with him. The place oh, didn't boy. take ATM cards. Oh, no. So I paid. He did not have a car, so I drove. Oh. oh, yeah. He ate twice. The second place did take the ATM car. The place was IHOP. Wow. Where is Prince charming when you need him? Or at least Calgon. Gross. Dude, look, here's the deal. If your date doesn't show up in his own automobile. That's that's a red that's flag. That's a red flag. Yeah. yeah. Like, I understand certain circumstances, but... Yeah, you can usually tell pretty quick that it's not okay. Bad news bears. I like right. big fluffy pancakes and I want my cock. Yep. Uh user, yeah, so it's me. Wrote, well, me and this me and this guy went to the movies and saw a really stupid movie, date movie, and he was eating a huge pickle the whole time. Total turn off. <laughs> a pickle? I was like, um ew. Was he just sucking on it? I guess. One of those big giant ones comes in the plastic bag. I'm yep. in training. Leave me alone. I just need this big pickle. Ryan will appreciate this one because it's got like all of his favorite things. Um, user Jim B wrote, we, we were in the middle of a fantastic 69 when she let out a great big fart in my face. Oh, oh for God. God. It didn't stop me. I just kept going and going like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> oh, oh. It's a weird position. She doesn't know what's going on down below. Uh, <laughs> 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 
69. <laughs> I, feel, I feel so bad. Oh, God. <laughs> what you don't know is in that Tyrion of farts, I added a new here's, one. <laughs> here's the problem. If that happened to Josh, it would stick in his beard for like a month. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, my Josh, hurts. you got a milk dud in your beard? Oh, Lordy. <laughs> Uh, this <laughs> Jesus Nothing like 69 And when she just had Taco Bell Right I have, thankfully have never done that Oh mm. She had Bel Grande nachos <laughs> Oh lord Alright uh, this one from user Louie Who is a terrible speller And I'm just gonna read it as he spelt it Oh boy My Whoever spelt it dealt it That's right My first date was the worse it Never had never had anything like it. She spilled the cock over us, crashed my dad's car, and didn't even get a kiss. Never saw her again. Hate it when I spill cock. Poor guy. Yeah. A kiss. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get a kiss. A, a kiss. Was that oh the last God. one? No, I have a couple more. Don't oh, you oh. worry. Oh, yeah. Uh, user XK wrote, I don't know if it was the worst date ever, but it's one that always sticks out in my mind. When I got to the restaurant on time, he had already gotten a table and started eating an appetizer. He spent the entire time staring at me, not really talking at all. So I asked a bunch of questions yeah. to get him to talk. It didn't work much. Is that better than being selfish, though? That's creepier. He's, he's yeah, not talking. That's but he's more uncomfortable. At you. <laughs> eating his pickle. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. What's wrong, one? He's eating a ho ho. Yeah. Oh, this one, this one must have been. Oh man, I don't know. This might have been Ryan. Uh-oh. User Rain wrote, "I got set up on a blind date with a musician oh. <laughs> 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 who didn't have a car. Yep. During our date, oh, he had Ryan me listen to some of his music and don't. tried to pass a major label's artist's work off it." as his own. No oh, shit. And then I got a speeding I've ticket. I've never done that. I know. No, like, I, I don't play my music for people. I don't it's even so weird. like that I shared that with the closed group. But like, everyone loved it. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did, too. Because you should. You should. It was very it's, good. It's really... I feel weird about it, it too. It feels really It does. Weird. Self-promotion is a super uncomfortable, like, awkward mm-hmm. thing. Plug in yourself. Hey, lights at sea. Go listen to them. You should. Um, Nothing worse than a plug in yourself. Oh, and then penises in your butt. mm, Yep. Uh, (laughs) I responded to that. Penises in your butt. Way, but yeah, that. mm, Okay. Uh, Last one is from an anonymous user who wrote: He asked me to accompany him to the Middle East, posing as his wife, because he was a spy for CSIS. He told me he had a sniper rifle in the trunk of his car, but when I asked to see it, he said that that was forbidden. He told me all about these things he had done, written books, helped design the Pope Mobile, which would have made him a very talented eight-year-old at the time, overcome stomach cancer, rescued several soldiers from Beirut, all while completing a kinesiology degree from university. Yeah, game over. Wow. Yes. That is those are some doozies. One hell of a Yahoo answers. Thank you, April. <laughs> Yee! God. And I know we had Xena in the kitchen. Well, you know. Aye, 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 aye. True story. <laughs> that's the, we don't have. That's a, the 
Jurassic Bork. <laughs> Jurassic Bork. Oh if you of Xena. If you happen to be a Patreon exclusive. Patreon, yes. Yeah, we just recorded before this. We did one of the the first Patreon exclusive. Episode. I think we should clip that. Part. We, I'll clip that part and throw it up as a teaser. We might have to include that in our best. It was of honestly, it was so damn funny. It's one of the best things that we've recorded. Period. Yeah. So if you're not subscribed to our Patreon, you should definitely do it because apparently the content that we create when we don't have anything mm. or pressure of, of you know importance mm-hmm. to talk about is roar, roar, roar. <laughs> yes. Uh, we don't have a verdict tonight. There's really nothing. Really? That, no, I, I don't even know okay. what, we, what we could say because you couldn't say insane or sane. But the, I mean, mm-hmm. these, I guess you could ask, we could ask ourselves whether or not we think these people are serial killers, but I think they're all products of the time. Mm-hmm. One and two, it happened. It's right. documented. It's in the press. The bodies were found. I've got one. You want to, you want to pose a verdict? Want to do a verdict here? It's a question. Well, you know what? Let's do it. All right. All right. Set us up, Ryan. In one corner, four podcasters who will tell you Hleep. their favorite place to get fast food. Oh. Mm-hmm. And in the other corner, uh, a whole bunch of gangsters. The nip, the beard, Mama Linguini, and the meats. So the question I have for you guys. Yes. You are you are standing up against the wall. Mm-hmm. Ooh. What chills for a second. I know, I'm right? Picturing the seven dudes mm-hmm. who got mowed down. What do you try to do to convince them to let you go? Ooh. Ooh. I thought you were gonna ask, like, what would your last words be? That's you- morbid. <laughs> Do you have this on deck? Because you're posing the question. I'm just curious. Is who are you going to first? I'm going to go to April first because I'm a gentleman. Oh, thank you. Um, what would I say to get myself out of there? Yes. Don't shoot the woman. I'll give you all blowies. Josh's biggest fear. That would slow them down. <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, I'm open for business. If you don't kill me, I'll I'll suck your wiener. <laughs> Larry, I'm. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty down for like a. That was a great first. Gosh, <laughs> man, what do you say to get out of a situation? I'd be like, I, I was just delivering the mail. I <laughs> don't know how I get mixed up in this situation here, but um, I'll give you postage. I've stamps. got uh, actually, as a matter of fact, if you could sign for this, <laughs> I'll just be on my way. So really, I think what we've learned here is the trick is to always be wearing your uniform. I'm a CCA. And that's what you say. That's what I say. <laughs> like, like I'm a new hire. I haven't got my uniform yet. Yeah. Just, you be like, hey, here. just like lift a scanner and carry it with you all the time. So if you find yourself in a suspicious situation. 1929, I don't think. They didn't natural. have really scanners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, what would I say? I would say I'm just the janitor. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Unfortunately, I kind of piggybacked on Larry's, but yeah, no, I literally in my head, I would have just been like, what are you guys doing? I just came in here. To, is the waste bin? Is it empty? 
poop. Uh, and I would just walk around like a janitor from there. I'd be like, <laughs> I gotta sweep up this pile of dirt poop. here. There's a lot of dirt right Who's here. Who's gonna feed the dog? Hey, well, yeah, let me go. Let me go check on the dog. Wolfie needs Can to go guys, for a walk. Uh, like limit the massacre, like just to this room because I'm like running low on yeah. on mop soap. I, so I, I don't have that sawdust for puke. Then I would walk up. A, I this would probably be I'm my death blow. And drinking cigarettes. This would be my death blow because I'd probably die first when I do this. But I would walk up and be like, "Hey, um, does anybody have a Camel Crush Silver I can bum <laughs> off you?" I like smoking beer and drinking cigarettes. Pretty it's much. True. And that's. Oh, what about mine? mine? What about his? Jeez. I, I, I wanted to be theatrical. Sorry. It's okay. And that's Josh's answer next. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the the easiest thing I could think of to persuade them not to kill me right then and there is put a I, finger in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> the, Tom, the Tommy gun nozzle. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, I can lead hide you to. Hide your flags and hide your buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say to them, I can lead you to uh, Moran. Sauce. The guy. The I leader. can take you to him. Yeah. Simple Pop as that. Nuts in my mouth. Bug, bugsy. Buggy. Put a finger in my butt. You'd sing like a sparrow. Yeah, hell yeah, I would. In, in that moment, I mean, I guess, I guess. it's the only way to get out of it. It's a, I bought a dildo. Or you watch the fucking guy that was just repairing your car's engine last week get like sawed in half with a Tommy gun. Right. Put a finger in my butt. While the dog watched, which, by the way, the dog was crying the whole time until Aww. the police showed up. Because he watched his owner get mowed down. Did you see that video that was circulating of, uh, you know, I think the owner got hit by a car. <laughs> and his friends are like trying to hold the dog back. And then the dog just breaks away and then just flops on the owner as they're trying to put him on a stretcher because he was trying to protect his owner. Oh, my dog wouldn't do that. He would just lick my face. Your dog would piss on you and then lick your toes. Lick your toes. <laughs> my dog hey, would do, my dog would totally do that. Chewy, yeah, Chewy would too. My Yo. dog loses her. Oh my god, my dog and I are so close. Anyway, that's been your verdict. Lady. 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 She's going to do it when I get home. All right, well, I'm going to say skip plugs tonight because we have a f- couple things we need to do. <coughs> do we want to play the voicemail first? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me get set up for that. Okay, so Let, oh. we have a call in line that people can call into. It's What's it's, the number? 9375049504. Oh, oh God! God. It's, it's linked to nine, our nine, Facebook nine. page. It's linked to our episodes mostly. <laughs> oh my God! It's out there in the ether. You can call us and leave us a voicemail. We did get a voicemail this week, which we're excited to listen to. Somebody's going to talk words to us, and we're going to listen and mm-hmm. then react. Oh, voicemails! Hey, my name is Brendan. I just wanted to call and let you guys know that you guys are the absolute best. You guys have helped me through a lot of stuff that I've been going through the past couple of months with my ex-fiance and trying to stay happy for my kids. You guys are hilarious. Ryan, I want to have a drink with you. And Larry, Josh, and Luma Mommy, I want to watch wrestling with you guys. Keep on keeping on. Stay thirsty. 
and I'm looking forward to every show you guys put out again. Thank you. Um, Josh, you're the Twitch master. Yes. Can we set up a thing where we watch wrestling with listeners? There might be some like there's copyright infringement. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. The only thing that we technically could do is if we were to have a camera on us and have the volume low enough that it's not picking up on a uh, mm-hmm. camera for Twitch and then have it only be on us and we could do that. We could do commentary? Yes. yes. I think that'd be fun. It would be fun. Maybe we can do that for WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, we, we could even... We should do that. We should do a WrestleMania watch party. Yes! I mean, you, we could technically yes. set it up on a that. computer we, if we were to have the microphones and the headphones on. Yeah. Then we can have mm-hmm. all the volume we want and right. it won't be an issue. Yeah, yeah we can do that for sure. Okay. Yeah, let's work. We'll the do a WrestleMania out. watch party. For sure. I should have I'll a come. decent. Yeah, computer. of course. Ryan is always fun to invite to wrestling because he's always got those like he, he tr- tries to piece together what he saw right. from the pay-per-view that he came to like a year and a half ago. To the pay-per-view yeah. that we're watching. But, but he appreciates the art. Yeah, of course. Uh, Brennan, I... Yeah, man. I This Valentine's Day is rough. And, you know, I'm sitting at a table. I'm really the only one that's kind of going through the, the heartache and shit fuck of just trying to kind of recollect things. I know you're going through a rough time. But I, I really want to dedicate this to the girls and guys out there that listen to this show that are struggling. And you know, the thing is like, I'm with you guys. I, I went through a divorce in 2007, 18, 17. It doesn't matter. Cause it was such a long fucking shitty mm. fucking process. Yeah. And now it's 2019 and I'm trying to kind of like restart my life. I had three kids with this woman. Like Oof. I'm, my life is split in half. And it's really hard to make even make time for those times that I actually get together with another person. And, you know, I've had great experiences where I've regained confidence and it's amazing, but I've also felt alone in the worst ways. But, you know, just know we'll always be here for you. We'll always be here for all you guys and girls. And uh, it's not going to stop. So just don't lose faith. I've, been in those pits just like you have and just know we love you and we're we're with you mm-hmm. and we'll keep on keeping on so your penis without, is in your butt yeah get that <laughs> get that out of there so also not to interrupt no, um but ahead. with that being said i feel like this is this seems to be a um a recurring theme. We have people mm-hmm. write in and say like, Hey, I'm having a lot of trouble with depression. Um, your show makes me laugh. Please also be aware that if you ever need to message us on Facebook or mm-hmm. on Twitter or get a hold of us um, in that way, we always respond and we always want to hear from you. And we're totally willing to help in any way we can. Cause I think we can all say that we've struggled with um, anxiety and depression. So we have been there and we are more than willing to help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 That too. All right. We're about to do something crazy. <sighs> like mad crazy. Mm-hmm. Like if you were nervous about anything else that we did this entire episode, this is where you get nervous now. 
We have 13 patrons currently. Mm-hmm. For our, mm-hmm. We have smashed our first goal. We're looking to, to, to destroy our next goal. And we love you guys, which means it's time for us to do five-star shout-outs. Five, 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 five-star review. As per what I promise, it's my fault. Thanks, Ryan. We are going to sing a song for all 13 of our initial patrons. Now, are we going specific with names or are we just going to we sing gonna to go, them generally? We're going to sing a jingle. I mean, if you want to, if you're one of our 13 patrons, you can cut this out, maybe turn it into a cell phone jingle or maybe, maybe we can, <clears throat> I don't, I don't want to task him with this. Lear's <laughs> giving that, that evil eye. He just flip me the bird. No, I was just, I was getting my fingers ready for what we're about to do. Okay. Yeah. Loosen up. So, the, uh, so here's the deal. Here. I have the patrons pulled up on my phone. Okay. I have, and I'm going to say their names initially before we start the song. I've Adam, Should we do uh, just first names for, uh, well, the problem is, the, Oh, there's the, multiple of, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Maybe like Adam G. Yeah. Well, I just don't want to, Blow right. up people's first and last yeah, names. Yeah, just give their last initial. Okay. No, that, that'll work. That'll okay. work. Okay. Up the so here's, here. here's yep. the deal. I might need to it's about to be up. a patron medley. Mm-hmm. You need to make a drop for that. Yeah. A well, patron yeah. medley. <laughs> We're literally... We've never, we have not practiced this. No. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing this. could be a fucking mess. This is going to be like... What if only with music and on steroids? Yeah, because we have to. We have to talk. Is you can't just like uh, I'm Ryan and I don't know what to say. And Larry's <laughs> like, "Did I take your words out of your mouth?" No, I'm. So you looking for a fast or slow tempo? Let's go. Maybe in the middle. Hey, you know what? People like a pick me up. Let's go fast. Oh, <laughs> Make this funner, Ryan. All right. Okay. Let me give me the right. nod when you want me to start. Okay. So basically, what we're gonna do is we're gonna freestyle, mm-hmm. kind of almost like a pop song or like a, a a happy song. We're gonna sing a song for our patrons because we love you guys. Honestly, yes. we have we're making plus what we needed to for hosting and a bit of a profit, and that's before we this right. ep, this, this episode is gonna help cover things things so. <laughs> The stuff and the things. Our first, our first patron episode we just recorded. We're super excited about it. This episode, we just want to pay homage to roar, the people, <laughs> to the people who believed in us initially. Yes. Okay. okay. So here we go. And one and a two and a. My name is Adam. I'm your first patron. I don't know how to say patron, so I sing it a little wrong. I'm Adam, and I love Beer City Media. My name's Adam. I see you on the webs. You're a cute boy. I like Beer City Media. Beer City Media. 
city media. I love s- sending you guys money. Cha-ching. <laughs> That's oh, the theater of the mind. Cha-ching, cha-ching. That's all your money coming into our bank accounts. So thanks for that. Thank you, Adam. You're a beautiful human being. You're only one Adam of the 13 people. (laughs) And that's true. I'm gonna pass it off to Joshua Shoop. Alex is the guy. Oh. He is here. Oh shit. Alex is here. He's paying our bills. Got a lot of things to pay for. Our cables are shit and our microphones suck. But you are the man who's gonna repair them. Alex Markell, you're the dude. I think you have a good attitude. You also make music. I saw your Facebook. Thanks for doing that, and take a look. Yeah. Chloe is the next one on our list. She's really pretty, though I haven't ever seen any of her pictures on her Facebook. I'm just assuming, because Chloe's a pretty name. I don't have any friends who are named Chloe. So, hey, add me <laughs> on Facebook sometime. I don't have many female friends. That's why I'm here with these guys because I'm boring and I don't like it's to hang out with party, women. Huh? It's a sausage dick party. party. Sausage. So, hey, thanks, Chloe, for being here. I'm going to use your money to buy some beer and maybe some... <laughs> Hair ties and bobby pins, we will see. It all depends on how much we make. Hopefully we make hundreds of dollars because I could really use some new shoes. Chloe, Chloe, Chloe. Chloe, I love you. Now it's Larry's turn. I'm going to see what he raps because he's a really good rapper. Crystal, Spencer, I know you're my friend. You'll be my friend till the very end. Crystal, I know you. We used to work together, but we'll be friends forever and ever. Because you, my Thanks girl, for the and I'm right. your boy. It's something about... Ryan and, and sex toys, yeah. <laughs> we love you, Crystal. All right, I'll do the next one. This is a big one. Ooh, are we gonna get through all of these? Yeah. Sure. Hey, my name is Eddie Dwyer. I'm from Canada. Do you like Panda? I don't know what to say to you, but other than Sniff Elmer's glue. My times are split between jamming on guitar because I like to jam. Like jelly. 
True story, bro. Truth Corner, pull the Thunderbird to the side of the road. I got a few things to say. I ain't gay. I get enough ass to make me gay. (laughs) True story. We love Eddie. Thanks for everything you do. Thanks for what you say. Thanks for going out on the field and making sure that maybe someday someday hey hey <laughs> it's hard to rhyme and that's true red dead 2019 coming for you coming for you all right Hey there, Eric. You're the best. You're the best in the West. I am trying to rhyme like Will Smith. I'm very bad. Just don't listen to this. this. I had this. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, thank you, man. You're the best if you lived in Japan. (laughs) I'm sorry. To meet you, our listeners. What are you trying to say? Janessa, hey, I got another girl. I like this, and I think it's fun, even though I'm really bad. So, Janessa, hey, I'm really happy that you subscribe to our channel. Maybe someday we can go out for a coffee. I like Starbucks. I hope you like it, too. I'm going to buy some with the money you gave us. I think that'd be delicious. I think I'm going to get a caramel heavy on the whip because that's my favorite part and the drizzle <laughs> these are funnier than I thought they were gonna be okay here's Larry he's gonna do a rap about our best friend John Hodges who is good at oh. memes Janessa, we love you, but here we go. We got a good thing going for John. Hey, John. What you up to? Making memes? Making rhymes? I like limes in my Corona. Got a big bona for a girl named Lalona. I'm a loner. My Sharona! Here's Ryan. Oh, Lord have mercy. (laughs) Mariah Crampy. (laughs) Mariah. Mariah. She's on fire. On fire. She knows what she likes and she goes for it. Go for it, girl. I think she's cold as you bug. Go for it, girl. Go for it, girl. Review. Go for it, girl. I tripped on that. My bad, Mariah. Go for it, girl. It's your host with the most. Come for for you. Just want to know what kind of candy do you like at a gas station? Say we're on a road trip and we stop, and you're like, 
I need something, Ryan. I'm filling up the gas tank, and then I go inside. What are you going to ask me for? I'm just Snickers. Okay. Twix and a Snickers. Kit Kat. Kit Kat. Wait, there's a Twix and a Snickers. There's a 50-cent bin full of Reese's peanut butter cups. Don't you want those? I don't know. I do. Mariah. She's on fire. And we love her. Thanks, Mariah. You made us happy. Not sappy. Or crappy. Let me tappy and jive. Rad Dad. Because he's going to sing a song for our favorite podcast. Serial Chillers Podcast. Serial Chillers. You can go there and find some fun stories about serial killers. killers. Mm -mm. Hey, we've been on that. We have! And hey, Sam. (laughs) Shoot, shoot, shoot. (laughs) They've been on here. Choke, choke, choke. Lots of great stories about people killing, doing fun stuff and strangling. Stab your friends and stab stab your lovers. Choke on semen because that's not fun. That happened. And I love them. We're gonna vamp for a little bit because Ryan's phone paused and now he has to unlock it. Okay, I'm gonna do Stephen Jordan, not really do him because that would be weird because I'm married and my husband's right here. Hey, Stephen, I think you're really great. I love that your name is spelled with a PH and not with a V. That's really classy. Anthony. Kind of like Stephen Curry. Are you black? I don't know. Your profile picture is a heart, so I'm gonna assume that you're maybe biracial. Who knows? Hey, 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 I'm so glad you're here to pay us money. That's great. I love you. Hey, if you're ever in the Grand Rapids area, come knock on my door. I will make you Rice Krispie treats for a price. For a price. Everybody has a price. Oh, I got the last one here? Yep. Tracy. Oh, she loves your diabetic. Actually, diabetic can't sing. He's asleep. He's like... (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Hey, Tracy. It's me, OJ. Okay, okay. Did you not kill my wife? I killed her with a knife. Don't be mad. I didn't hear it with my frying pan. Because I'm OJ. And that's this song, Goodbye. Wow. That was something. I am not going to listen back to this. Oh, you totally on. will, you liar. I'll do it in, with earbuds. <laughs> Things you've...
See, I've done the good thing. I've completely avoided telling anybody I work with that I do a podcast that yes. they yep. don't know. Yep. You, on the other hand, like half his Trump. office listens half to Half your office therapy. is going to come up to you with their dicks out because they're male prostitutes. Yes, of course. Yeah, naturally. And their lips out. And you'll be like, I'll see your dick from an arm's from length away. At least an arm length yeah. away. <sighs> oh, my God. What happened? So there you go. If you pay money, we will sing songs to you. Oh, mm-hmm. so sorry. And we got to do that again. That's worth $5 just in itself. No, we don't have to do that again. Every episode? If we get like three more patrons. Okay. I was about to say we'll do it. How about every five patrons? Six. Yeah. Because there's, well, no, wait, there's four. Never mind. I'm an idiot. I'm I say four. Four. That way everyone does a song. Sure. Four. So the next song will be after we get four more patrons. Okay. So use that as well, motivation. If you like us singing, you should become a patron. If you want to shut us up, become a patron. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, because there's nothing worse than us singing. I don't know. That was, that was pretty magical. Oh, okay. I, I to auto tune that or something. My truth is that I enjoyed watching you guys do it. <laughs> yeah, you were cracking. Now up. you can understand the joy we feel when you sing. Thank you. Um, it's it's harder to do it when I know the. Well, it doesn't matter. It was fun. We had a good time. So anyway, that was your five star shout outs. We're done with that. We did our plugs. We did all the things. We did. The episode's we did. done. We no did. quizzical tonight. No yeah. quizzical? No. I think we've run That song was like eight minutes long. Yeah, so. that was like a- <laughs> what, what, what time are you think if you had to guesstimate we're at right now? I would say one hour, 50 minutes and 18 seconds. Wow. It's a damn good guesstimate. Thank you. That's a good episode. I know there's one guy who drives to work mm-hmm. and it's like a two hour drive or something like that. Listen to it twice. Listen to it twice. Or when? listen to this and listen to one of our bonus Patreon episodes. There you go. Thumbs up. We got your back driver of long distances. Excuse me. What? I'm sorry. I tripped on that one. Long distances. Does anybody have anything else? What I was going to say? And Atlantis came, and then Sir Robin okay. ran away because he was a pussy. There was a place where people didn't have to go hungry or make themselves into sex slaves. Before people knew what a microwave was, there were things that came and went like a floating city car thing and a bank that tells you stories cause who knows what Atlantis is but I'll figure it out one day I'm a minstrel help me I'm gay <laughs> 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 Was, right. Did I just hear a school of dolphins swim by? <laughs> it smelled like vagina. <laughs> All right. There was wow. never a more well-placed accidental <laughs> soundboard hit. <laughs> hit the wrong button. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we'll be doing this till we're done. Oh. All right. We'll what the you. fuck? We'll see you next week on another episode of Conspiracy Therapy Podcast. Have a great one, guys. Irish like Moran Into a copy shop with some Left in seven deadly sins
This has been a presentation of Beer City Media. <laughs> <laughs>